All right, so your name is Jenna Werner. Yes. <laughs> Wait, what, how did you say it in German? Werner. <laughs> she put some kind of weird V in there, something like all hey, German man. words. I... <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. All right, so hello and welcome to the Not a Victim podcast. Not a Victim is a show about learning to live a life without excuses. Today's guest is Jenna Werner. Here's the show. All right, so just tell me a little bit about your background and your just upbringing and everything that led to to where you were uh, years ago. Okay. Um, well, it first started, my bad childhood started when I was about four. My parents went through one of the nastiest divorces you could possibly imagine. Um, it landed me and my sister in foster care for a few months. Um, some very bad things happened there. And then um, we went, we finally, my dad finally gained custody of me but of course he's an alcoholic my mother's a recovering drug addict she was really doing anything and everything possibly she can get her hands on um I didn't see her much she left my life when I was about four to maybe 16 we still haven't really had a good relationship um she's still really addicted to pills uh it's hard to talk to her uh, my dad is two years sober now after he's done, killed himself twice. He's on his seventh UI, um, and he's actually finally a dad now. Like, mm. I'm proud of him. Wow. And my stepmom, who passed away uh, my 16th birthday, she raised me. She taught me anything and everything that I needed to know to be a woman, to make it in life, to overcome, to always love anybody and everybody that suffers from addiction. Um, when she found out, about 12 years old, I started cutting, and I started becoming very suicidal. I found out the truth about my mom, that she was addicted to meth, that she was in an abusive relationship, that the abusive relationship actually began to take out on my sisters, and she continued to choose that life over me. And it was very hard for me to understand that, especially at 12 years old. I mean, you're going through puberty. You're going through all these life changes. You're growing up. You're figuring out life. And to be slapped down like that was kind of really, really, really hard for me. I went from a straight-A student to barely passing each class. My cutting kind of take o took over my life. I mean, at home, my stepmom tried anything and everything to keep our life together and as normal as possible. But having a dad that worked from dark to dark and drank the second he got home or was drunk before he got home was really hard. And she finally left me and my dad when we were about 14. <clears throat> we finally moved out to Madison, and uh, I became the parent of my dad. I did not live like I wanted to live. I was not a teenager. I snuck out of the house. I did a lot of in, a lot of things I regret. Um, I took care of him. I had to, many of nights, he'd pass out in his truck, hanging halfway out, drunk as ever, and I would have to drag him in, put him to bed like a child. Mm. I did not get to live like a kid. I don't, I think that really is why I can be such a goofball sometimes, which is a good thing. But it still affects me a lot to not know that I didn't have those childhood fundamentals mm. in the very beginning. Um, I have 
committed attempted suicide uh, four times. Mm-hmm. October 14th of 2012, I was the closest I'd ever been. Um, I woke up, I passed out, and I woke up, and I knew then that I needed to change my life because that was way mm-hmm. too close of a call. Um, my, I never really got help. Everyone's like, well, Jenna, why didn't you go to counseling when you were little? Why didn't they help you? And I'm like, they seen me in school cutting my wrist in the desk. They seen the cuts. They know that I carried razor blades, and nobody seemed to help. No one seemed to care. No, and really, no one seemed to understand and believe that. Like, I was truly struggling with something that was very disgusting. It was a, an addiction. It was just as bad as alcohol or drugs. And... um My dad even walked in on me several times cutting, and it did not go good. The only person that helped me was my stepmom. We went to a counselor once, and we found out that counselor was an alcoholic and actually made my life a little bit harder. Mm. Um, So I quit. I gave up, and I just tried to push through. Every time I think I was getting on top, I'd get knocked back down. Mm. Um, And when it came to my dad, I mean, I... At least my dad was there, so I thought my dad was doing what he needed to do to be a dad. I mean, I you know, I don't know any different. I didn't see any difference with family to family. Um, but if it really wasn't for my stepmom, I wouldn't have anything to do with my mom. Um, when she passed away, my dad went on a three-day drinking binge, and I could not get him to put the bottle down for nothing. He constantly cried, and I attempted suicide several times. Because, I mean, at the end of it, I mean, that was my mom. That was who raised me. I mean, that was the one who took me to the hospital when I needed to, took me to the doctors, took me to my award ceremonies, took me to mommy-daughter dances. I mean, all of that. She was there, not my mom. So when she passed, it was really, really hard. You got a customer, bro. (laughs) Sorry. No, you're good. No worries. <laughs> that got really busy all of a sudden. Really quickly. Okay. Um, I just want to ask a question about the, the foster care thing. You don't have to go into any detail you don't want to. Okay. I, the, what I, where I'm going with this is I think when the foster care thing happened, or maybe before that with your parents' divorce, there, there's all these things that happen internally that tell you that – you don't matter you know what I'm saying oh yeah like even when you're four I mean that's still I mean I still blamed myself I mean I heard them right my sister me and my sister would hide in the closet and she would turn on the stereo and just cover my ears I mean that last fight that actually caused the divorce is probably one of my most vivid dreams throughout my entire childhood and Mm -hmm. I don't think I'll ever forget it right and there's there's just something about the which I don't you know I don't want to totally pretend I know but there's something about the, the foster care element in that whole thing that you just feel like, does anyone have my back in this entire world? And that uh, just does anyone really care? And I was I, th- I was going to mention this earlier, but when I was 15, when all this stuff went down for me personally, it kind of forced me to realize that most people are just kind of window shopping in my life, that most people don't really care in and vice versa, I don't really care deeply about them either. And that this, like, searching in that arena, in, in the arena of friends or acquaintances to fill this, like, much deeper need just wasn't going to work because they just straight up didn't care. And no one really says that because, like, 
that's really like harsh or whatever and so because people kept like kind of sugarcoating it and i kept personally sugarcoating it i never understood it in that regard that like the need that you have for meaning in this life and the amount of that that you can get from other people just don't meet like i just you just can't get enough of it from people to really feel like uh that your life is worth something and that forced me to turn to god in a way that i hadn't before that it was the first time i was really honest that it wasn't working that i wasn't meeting the needs that I had that I was just felt completely alone and I just felt like if I one of the songs where I was about this that if I just straight up died right here a couple weeks from now everyone would move on and again that sounds real morbid but it wasn't it was this it was one of the sweetest moments I've ever had with God because it was a way of life showing me Mm -hmm. like either this is how those needs are met that like God is who you turn to with these like super uh instinct like things that of needs for meaning and and that like when meaning is found you wouldn't really trade it for anything and uh i say this all the time but like day to day i think it's very normal to not feel like every single thing that i do or that one does is uh is like changing the world or whatever a lot of it's just like washing clothes and boring stuff but in in the grand scope scope of things knowing that um you're a part of someone finding what they mean to God is is a different feeling than than any level of uh, of money or or I don't know whatever is considered you know what what we all want and uh, in that regard I wouldn't trade places with any rapper or anyone who has all the, the <laughs> money and sex and all that stuff and I know that sounds like oh yeah you would you just no one ever offered to you like yeah I get that argument. But in reality, if you have whatever, but you have no meaning, you know, their suicide was the road that I was on, mm-hmm. and it was because there there was just straight up no meaning. And um, and at that time, I was just trying to be the the funny guy or whatever, and I got good at being that because it's all I knew. But uh, but it wasn't working, and um, and I couldn't be honest. And that being said, like the last the last thing is, how do you kind of stay in a place with God of of allowing you know uh, forgiveness but at the same time not like self-pandering or not and not self-like loathing and stuff like these are balances that i walk with like every day like there's not a day that i don't you know like really hate a hate a part of of myself and and yeah uh, and excuse another part you know what i mean but like and we said this before the thing started that like the whole reason i believe in god at all is is that it doesn't bend to me that that no part of of truth truth by nature is exclusive and truth by nature doesn't change it doesn't shift with mm-hmm. with culture or whatever and you know and i don't get to pick what is and what isn't um and that's why i believe it if i could it was a thing that i wrote then after a while i'd disown it because i knew i wrote it and, mm-hmm. and i don't trust me like that so um <laughs> but just that balance that like <clears throat> that everyone lives with this balance who's a believer every single human um, whether they're honest about it or not, is dealing with this uh, struggle of like condemnation, and, which is not God's de- design, and you know, and just ignoring what's right and wrong, which is obviously not either. You know what I mean? Well, I feel like the only person I talk to more than my animals is God, and I feel like if I just, you know what? Hey, I hope I have a good day. You know, help me out with that. Like, I feel like that it really does help. Like. <clears throat> I don't 
even if it's just like, I hope I get to this place safe. Like I, I literally talk to God like every other second. Right. And I know that's crazy, but I feel like right now I have done, and I, it took me a very, very long time. I've been up and down with my relationship with God due to the fact of, you know, suicidal thoughts and family members and stuff like that and self struggles and inner struggles. Like I've been up and down and I honestly feel like now that I'm on my own and I have graduated high school, the first person out of my family to graduate high school, the first person to go straight to college. And now I'm here making my career. Like I really feel like this is where God wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I feel like if, even if a bad thing happens, like it's, it's God's purpose. And I have to keep reminding myself that because somebody has to have a plan for me. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. And you know, I, I feel like you're here just, uh, you know, kind of brightening the day of all these random people that you bump into uh, doing the work that you do. And, um, again, like, to you, that doesn't, I don't know, you don't feel like it's meaning a, a lot or whatever. Actually, I, I do. <laughs> but maybe you do. And I, I, I've, I think I've said this before on the on the podcast, but there was, there was one day that I'll always remember, and I don't know what I was going through that made it so hard, but I was just having just a just an incredibly hard day for just, like, things that I was going through at that moment. And uh, and a guy that I didn't know, really, I sort of knew him, but I didn't really know him, he just, like, sat down at this table with me and just started just chatting, and we didn't talk about anything important. But that, like, that moment, like, changed my life because he, it was just like God had placed him there to say, like, even, even though we're not going to talk about anything serious, like, the fact that you're dealing with something uh, means something to me. And, um, and whatever, you know, to, to people listening, whatever, uh, part of this kind of journey that you are on, um, that always applies that things that, that you're, that you're dealing with right now do matter to God. And, um, and that was really what I ended up learning through the, the depression that I went through and all that stuff. It all led to a head where I was real when I finally was honest with God and finally was honest that I needed him in my life. Then I saw that he actually did. Um, he did care about me and he, and he loved me the whole time. Um, and, uh, that is all for this week. Thank you so much, uh, Jenna, for making the time and we will see you soon. (laughs) I don't know when, but soon. (laughs)